0: Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, myself, Michael Babcock, and Marty Sobo go live in ACB Community to answer your technology questions. How do you join in? Couple of ways. Use Alexa, your computer, or the new ACB Link app to listen to ACB Media 5. You can also join in in Clubhouse or visit acb.community to learn how to join us live in Zoom. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, we'll see you there with your tech questions. Hey, all, Marty here, and welcome back to another Friday Finds with Lynn. Hey, Lynn, how's it going?
1: Hey, guys, it's great to be back.
0: Awesome. So what do we got up for us today?
1: Okay, well, first, we're going to talk about Mastodon. And most of us, you know, Mastodon is sort of a an Instagram, um, Twitter alternative. Um, a lot of us have not liked the stuff that's going on at Twitter, and so we have moved to Mastodon, which is sort of an, well, it is sort of like Twitter, but in a way it isn't. It's decentralized, so basically you when you join it, you pick a server, or you, an instance they call it, and each instance sort of sets its own rules. Um, the problem that we have is that Mastodon unfortunately does have a child abuse content problem. And this is according to a, re- um, a research report from a group called the Stanford Internet Observatory. And basically, this is a group that looks at child exploitation. Um, they do have, you know, scanning tools and um, different. Clearing houses that will allow you to scan the the data that's on a server to detect these different things that, you know. But they say that the research, within the first five minutes that they were even working on this project, they found over 600 pieces of known and suspected, uh, you know, Child sexual exploitation material, photo, yeah, photos, tags. That's scary. Um, so, with you know, the one of the researchers said he has never seen anything like it. Um, he's been studying platforms for a long time, and he said that this is this is, was the worst that he's ever seen in a social media platform.
0: Do they say what they're going to do about it, if there's anything they can do about it?
1: Well, the report basically is, I guess, directed toward admins of the instances. Because the the challenge with Mastodon, of course, is that everybody has their own, every instance and every administrator, you know, has yeah, their that own... that would be
0: scary. You would think, how in the world would they police that? And how in the world would they find out all these instances, you know, because right. and that's there's so many saying, people can create their own, you know, right, they can probably right. hide And they them don't
1: and have the tools. They say that these admins really don't have the tools and the resources like the bigger um, social media platforms to police and moderate all of the activities on their servers. Uh, and also they mentioned that different countries have different definitions of inappropriate material um they were saying a lot of it came from japan because japan has a lot of the anime i don't know and they they're i guess culturally you know everybody we're not we don't have standardized definitions i guess of what is considered um exploitative content but they're saying that it's just rampant you know, across the whole network, um, the whole Fediverse. And they're saying that instances really need to start um, investing in these centralized clearinghouses for content scanning um, and, and moderation tools. And this, you know, like the bigger um, platforms do, they're going to have to start you know, really cracking down on this and um that it's difficult we'll have because to, we'll have it's to follow so centralized. And,
0: yeah, yeah it's
1: interesting. It's really just interesting. Yeah.
0: Yep. We'll have to follow this, see where it goes and mm-hmm. see what happens as we move forward. So, yes. all right, what yes. do we got next on the agenda?
1: Everybody's starting to notice, right? The back to school sales. And I can remember as a kid, you get these little twinges in your belly, right? Like, uh uh-oh, school is about ready to start, you know? And teachers are getting tummy twinges too because this year, along with the social problems that kids have and all the things that teachers deal with, of course, now they have to deal with the issue of AI and trying to determine whether a student's content, a student's work is AI generated, uh, and really how to incorporate AI or how to deal with it in their um, in their classrooms. So, uh, most of us have probably heard of OpenAI. They are the company that makes ChatGPT. They're the company behind ChatGPT, which is kind of a uh, a. It's a tool, a bot that well, it's wonderful as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> but you can ask it to write reports, you can ask it to take content and summarize it and or you know m- make it sound better and of course it's comes back very quickly with a report that you could turn into a as a class report or you know something at school and So ChatGPT, um, OpenAI has created a tool that they say or said could actually look at the content. So a teacher could upload this content to this tool and it's kind of an authenticator basically. And it is supposedly, it can look at the, the content and decide whether it has been AI generated or not. The problem is, is that, of course, they had to take it down because the toll was blatantly and horribly inaccurate. So it was... We
0: knew this was coming. I mean, they've been doing all kinds of testing, not only them, but other people to try and you know, bust people who were using it for what they say would be cheating to get right. their content. So right. this right. is going to be really interesting. It is, but as well. and,
1: and on the one side of it, the reason that I find this so interesting is because on the one side, the teachers really have to change their teaching style. I mean, I don't think that anybody coming out of teaching colleges... <laughs> until the very recent, you know, past had any inkling that this was coming. I mean, this is like a sort of a shock. And so teachers, how do they know, you know, what is authentic and what isn't, but on the student's side, if you are accused of, um, you know, not, you know, using AI to do your work, how do you defend yourself? I mean, this is, this is also a concern from the student's perspective. If these AI, if these authenticity tools are so inaccurate and OpenAI is not the only uh, company that has these tools, there are other ones out there. And basically, they, what they say is they purport to be able to look at the student's content and determine whether it was generated by AI. And I
0: don't know. I don't know. These Uh, tools are kind of sketchy to me.
1: And so, if you are a student, and this is something like if you're a, a parent or a grandparent of a child, what? How does your child, I guess, defend him or herself against a charge that they have generated their work from AI and it's not theirs? Um, I think that's, this is going to be a huge issue and it'll be interesting really to see how this, you know, plays out. And they, uh, OpenAI says they're going to try to get their um, tool back up and running once they, I guess, try to get it to work right. But I just don't know how, I don't know. I mean, I would certainly hate to be accused of not doing my own work when I did. And especially, Definitely. you know, if one of these tools. So yeah, this is going to be fascinating um to see how It'll this re- all plays out.
0: It'll be really interesting to see what kind of tools they come up with that's going to say, for sure, this person, what they want to call, I guess, cheating because they got right. their information through, you know, a chat GPT kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Or whether they did their own research and they wrote it completely 100% on their own. Yeah. I would be interested to see how this all plays out. So we're just right. going to have to stay tuned on this and see I mean, what kind of tools like they come up legal with. Legal
1: liability on the side of the, um, the academic institutions as well and OpenAI. I mean, well,
0: you, you think can... you can like, get something off a chat GPT and uh, you then could edit it and make it your own. So is that considered cheating or? Right. I don't know. I'll right. be curious to see where this goes, what kind of tools yep. they come out with, so you'll have to keep us updated on this,
1: yep, okay,
0: all right,
1: and our last story of the day, um okay, Marty, like let's imagine that you really want something something imagine really
0: i want I really really want an ice cream cone,
1: <laughs> okay, so say you're gonna get that for free. A company's gonna give that to you for free. Now you really want this. So but in in exchange for that, you're going to have to give up a whole bunch of your privacy.
0: Nope, not doing it.
1: Sorry. <laughs> so we've talked about privacy issues on this program before when it you know about the EU and their new rules and legislations and such. But this article I thought really this research, I thought, was really interesting. And it turns out that there are people in this world who are willing to give up their a whole bunch of private data in exchange um, for a 4K 55-inch TV
0: free. Well, this goes to show you that if you dangle something in front of someone, they're going to bite. and it just depends on what is it that you're going to dangle in front of someone where the person would actually bite. I think everybody has their breaking point. But realistically, I mean, to give up personal information and who knows where that's going to lead and what they're going to do with your information, because I'm sure they don't tell you, they just want you to give it up and go, here's a TV and you give us all your information. Nope, not happening. I'm not doing Yeah. So
1: it. this is a, a company called Telly. And it's a startup and they've launched a service where users can get a free big screen TV, but they have to fill out there are a lot, tons of caveats here. Okay, They have to fill out a very extensive survey about themselves and their families, um, what kind of cars they own, how many, how many kids they have, who was their cell phone provider. <laughs> You know, uh, let's see, home ownership, um, how many kids, pets. This is sounding eth-
0: like it's just going down a bad path. Right yeah, their the
1: ethnicity, their viewing habits, and they have to. And But it's very transparent because the FTC and the EU, they have very strict you know, rules about these things. And so when you sign up for this, you are very well aware of what you're getting yourself into. I mean, it's it's very clear, uh, supposedly, that that's if you pay
0: attention, the person who's filling out all this information just to get a TV, do you think that they're paying attention or you think they're just filling it out as quick as they can and submitting it so they can get a TV? I
1: don't I don't know. But apparently, so basically, (laughs) what also happens, this is a little creep, this sort of creeped me out a little bit. So this TV has a screen that runs advertising all the time. Um, and you, I'm not sure if you can turn that off, but I think it even said that when you turn the TV off, this thing, you know, keeps running. But it also has, (laughs) it also has a sensor so it can tell how many people are watching, um, at any given time. So. But the interesting thing about this is that if you look at the demographics of this service, they say that uh, most of the current users are earn more than $50,000 per year. So these were not, and they have above average educational attainment, um, you know, above the national average. So, you know, these are, these are people that, you know, now most of them are either uh, Millennials or Gen Z. Um, right. But I guess this really makes me wonder, is it a thing where these um, the younger generations really don't fret about privacy as much as the older generations do? Because I know my sister still does not want to give her credit card number online. <laughs> and she's a boomer.
0: Well, when it comes to advertisement, there's other companies that do this kind of thing. Sure. For example, let's look at the Amazon Kindles, right? Right. right. They come two ways. There's no difference in any of them, but they come in two ways. Option number one is you can pay less money. These are not the numbers, but let's just say $100 you pay for whatever Kindle you want to buy. And you get advertisements every time you turn it on the first thing you see is some advertisements. But they sell another one right next to that one that says you can pay an extra $40, let's say. So now you're going to pay $140 and then you will not get the advertisements. They remove the advertisements completely. I mean, that's pretty good, I guess, if you want to get a device that's less expensive and you're okay with the advertisements. But when you start getting into hardware that's inside the TV that can show... How many people are watching and what you're watching mm-hmm. and when you're what watching you're, it and the yeah. hours and all this other information, that starts to get a little bit sketchy. But if they're telling you ahead of time that this is what this TV is going to do, and right. you know and they have it right out in the open, then I guess it's fair game. You're agreeing to all that. so
1: so they want to partner they're partnering with Nielsen, which is the, you know, the ratings company. And right. they also want to partner with Zoom, I guess, so that you can, I don't know, they can see what you're doing online or something like that. Who knows? Now,
0: Zoom, I think, the point in the Zoom is a lot of these TVs, they're building cameras in to the TV now. So if you say you want to do Zoom with your family to some other family that doesn't live close, then you're able to have the whole family in front of the TV when you're doing a Zoom meeting. I think right. that's kind of the purpose of that. So
1: they want to also partner with Ring, <laughs> the Ring Ring doorbell people.
0: You can see the uh, people standing at your door in full you know, 4K, yeah, 1080P high definition. This just gets definition. a
1: little bit too much for me. I mean, I'm a Gen X, and I think all of us have given up a lot, our privacy, you know, a good bit of it to get free things, right? Free Facebook, free. Um, You know, Google, I mean, Google probably knows more about you than you know about yourself. But it's interesting that, you know, I think that it's what I find interesting is the generational, uh, you know, ideas about privacy. And you may be the, I mean, I'm a Gen X and I'm not, there are certain things I am just not willing to give up, um, privacy wise. But maybe the kids, I mean, they grew up with this stuff. So they, you know, the younger generations maybe don't have that focus on privacy that we older folks do.
0: <laughs> well, a lot know. of people um think, oh, it won't happen to me, right? Until it does. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would just say pay attention, make sure that you know what you're getting into before you get into it, and yeah. uh just be careful out there. So Yeah, I mean
1: if you have this TV in your bedroom <laughs> not, not a good idea. <laughs> So anyway, if you want a big screen TV and you want to give up all, a whole bunch of your private data, well, check out Telly. <laughs>
0: yeah. And on that note, thanks so much, Lynn.
1: <laughs> Thank you, guys. And I hope you all have a great weekend and we will see you back here next week.
0: Yep. And if you guys have any questions, comments or anything else, you can reach us at feedback at unmute show. And we'll see you next time.
1: Bye bye.